How we doing, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement, and hopefully one day soon, a true proletarian revolution. Um, But until then, I am your host, Josh, and I want to say thank you very much for stopping by. If this is your first time checking out the show, uh, I hope you like it, and uh, I would love to hear back from you whether you did or didn't like it and why. Um, There's a lot of ways you can do that. You can reach out to me on my social media. Uh, I have a Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at In Defense of Liberation, which you can look up. Um, I also have an email set up for this purpose specifically. It is indefensiveliberation at gmail.com. No caps or spaces. Um, And uh, you can also leave a review uh, and a rating of my show on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. Um, But other than that, you know, I hope you enjoy the show. Um, Because today, I think, um, if the rain wants to permit me to record a semi-decent show, and I do apologize for any background noise, I am driving. Um, If it makes it too obnoxious to listen to, uh, I do apologize. And, uh, you know, go ahead and log off if that's the case, and you can find a a better episode, probably, uh, with better sound quality, I should say. Um... But if it's not too bad, if you can, you know, deal, um, I hope you will, because today I want to talk about um, something quite important to the show, uh, being that the show is called In Defense of Liberation. Um, Today I want to talk about just briefly um, what it is that I uh, and communists alike consider to be liberation. Now, Some of the very common terms that we hear thrown around, especially lately, have been, um, specifically, you oftentimes hear self-determination. And I think, you know, based solely off of the words themselves, it's decently comprehensible, you know, what we might consider self-determination, what we might consider liberation, but I find that even though that might be the case, you know, in an off-passing, you know, if you were to ask someone, okay, what does self-determination mean? They might be able to have an answer for you, but what does self-determination, what does liberation look like? That's what we want to talk about today, because ultimately at the end of the day, what this show and others should be working towards is building a force which is capable of enacting liberation. Not just talking about it, not just having discussions, not just advancing the discourse, right? But actively building a power which is capable of changing the very material fabric of our society. Now that sounds big and bad and very difficult, and to many, uh, you know, when you go and try to talk about these things, to many it sounds also impossible and irrational and just illogical, right? Because, well, there's always been oppressors, 
and there's always been racism and there's always been greed and power lust and all these things so you know you're just kind of crazy to think that you can even go out and do anything about these issues because at the end of the day you know like we always hear that's just human nature right it's just human nature to kill children in the street because you know we feel that they were posing a threat uh, and we uh, think that having a police force uh, patrolling our communities which can see children, unarmed children, as threats, um, this is just human nature, of course. And it's just, it's just human nature to send bombs from one part of the world to the other to murder more children. That's just... That's just human nature, folks. That's always happened, that's always been, and that always will be. That's what we want to be told. That's what we want to believe. But here today and always, I would like to discuss the fact that that is bullshit, that we are made to believe that, and that it isn't true in the slightest sense. So let's talk about, first and foremost, what is oppression? What is... um, the dominant force that we are trying to fight and uh, how is it that they are able to continuously enslave and exploit us, right? Well, it's quite clear to many uh, on a simple abstract level how a power dynamic works, right? You have one group which is in power or one person, right? We can even simplify it in that sense. And because of their power, they are either capable of creating a mentality and environment which makes people feel powerless, but also, as we see today, especially in the continuous world of nuclear proliferation, of militarization and of global terrorism by the ruling class empires of NATO, of what we now have AUKUS, and all these other global quote-unquote trade partnerships that are just so conveniently set up to send nuclear-grade uranium to Australia so that they can have nice little, you know, camp out in the South China Sea, just waiting, right? This is just human nature, folks. What are we talking about here? What we're talking about, right, is a dominating force which is consciously aware of its power and which uses its power to exploit the labor force and the wealth, whether that be resources, whether that be tools and equipment, whether that be land, or whether that be the physical hands and bodies which we abstract and call labor force of the world. It's all of the above, right? This is the way in which the powerful maintain their power because first and foremost they have to have some way some capability of amassing a strength which is capable of not only cultivating 
this environment of assumed powerlessness but before we can even get to that point they have to be more powerful than the other existing groups plain and simple that's how power works you can't just look at someone and say i'm stronger than you without having asserted any form of power or any form of uh oppression which can make the other person feel that that is correct and that there's nothing they can do about it and that you should just be able to stand on their feet kneel on their neck shoot their children in the street bomb the rest of the world because there's not a goddamn thing they can do about it that's what power is about but we have to also look at the type of power because we don't want to be like these philosophers who just get out and say well it's all about force and forces and so therefore you know it's just this it's this alien you know uh metaphysical existence of force that ebbs and flows into the hands and into the pockets of some and away from the the others right it's just it's just this natural thing that exists and takes hold of some group against its own will no power is a conscious organization it is a mindset and it is an active uh, um, pursuit of maintaining that power both in form and in uh how how do i want to say it not only in physical form but in psychological form right the power also has to convince the powerless that they are powerless so what does this force look like because sure we can talk about these big bad evil guys who just sit in a room and diabolically you know come up and connive uh uh ways in which they can exploit and oppress us although this much is very true these individuals do exist and they do sit around in rooms and decide uh those rooms are called the un and decide how they are going to allow different ruling class powers to continue to exploit the uh oppressed and quote-unquote third world um these are precisely the rooms that exist for those evil minds to do so but if we focus solely on their evilness or we focus solely on the individuals right we are getting lost in i almost said we're getting lost in the sauce so let's go with it we're getting lost in the sauce there because at the end of the day it's not about donald trump at the end of the day it's not about um bolsonaro at the end of the day it's not about uh the fucking god damn it i can't think of this stupid dipshit in britain um oh geez whatever it'll come back to me right the the trump of britain the guy who fucking is just a piece of sh- i can't think of his name but we're gonna move forward um it is not about those individuals because right when we narrow it down to these individuals then you get someone like barack obama right who comes in he along with hillary clinton go around the world bombing the the what we call the middle east but what we should we should be properly calling west asia and north africa because middle east right 
that is a term that was coined as a an uh, uh, um, uh, an expression to almost delegitimize any powers that existed there. Oh, that's just the Middle East. Oh, you know, they're just always warring with each other. Gee, I wonder who's stoking the flames of that, uh, you know, fire. Um, but anyways, you know, you have someone like Barack Obama who comes in. He kills uh, Gaddafi in Libya because Gaddafi was coming together and he was trying to cancel the debt of Africa. Um, he had the money to do it and he was going to, so they dragged him into the street and they murdered him. Uh, Elaine Brown from the Black Panther Party uh, makes this point quite clearly in her conversation on community control of technology, which is on YouTube. It took place in the People's Forum uh, two years ago, I think in 2019. It's a great speech. Go check that out. Um, And also, I should say, uh, Elaine Brown is, in a lot of cases, the reason for this episode, the reason that we're having this discussion, because, um, you know, she points out quite clearly in her discussions that we have um, in this country some of the highest amounts of elected officials of, we have the highest percentage of uh, black and brown uh, elected officials in the United States. We have some of the most uh, elected representatives who are people of color. So why then, as, as she points out, why is it that in a lot of cases, black and brown people as a population, as a mass here in the United States and across the world, why is it that they still are some of the most exploited, some of the most poor, some of the most ignorant, not by their own choice, but by the poor education systems that they are provided with? Why are they some of the most unhealthy by lack of health care, by injection of uh, environmental apartheid and uh, oppression by uh, unhealthy foods and drugs just constantly being pumped into these communities by outside powers? Why is it that with this quote-unquote representation, why is it that these conditions aren't improving? And she makes a great point to say, uh, essentially, that it's because it's not about those individuals. It's about the power dynamic that exists, that outside of our communities, there are individuals who are deciding how our communities are to be run, how they are to exist, right? That much comes from folks outside of ourselves. This is the power, this is the oppression that we are talking about that exploits us, right? Now, how does it exploit us? Because this is another important conversation that we got to have. How does it exploit us? Well, first and foremost, let's ask the question, how does it not exploit us? Let's look at the ways in which we live our life and how we are being taken control of. Let's talk about the fact that right now I am recording a podcast about liberation while driving to my 9 to 5, right? I don't want to go to this 9 to 5. I don't want to go to any 9 to 5. 
I want to be able to use my labor to build a nice garden in my backyard. I want to be able to use my labor to build a home so I don't have to rent from these fucking leeches that we call landlords. I want to be able to use my own labor to build, I don't know, some kind of gift to my significant other who I have not been able to spend more than three consistent hours with in the last month. But instead, what do I do? Well, I get to go to work. So let's talk about some other things in there. My labor force is being exploited. What does that mean? That means I, as a human being, have concealed within me enough energy, enough mobility, enough power to produce something. I have the ability to labor And that labor has the ability to produce material goods and products. What we usually call commodities. My physical being, because I am lucky enough to have been born fully abled in a society which has developed enough technology for me to be fully abled. Now, here's a side conversation disabled, right? That's not a negative quality. That's not a failure. That's not a misfortune outside of the context of a society which chooses not to provide the means for differently abled people to be able to live the same quality life as those who do not have the difficulties that they do. This is the only way in which disability exists in a context which it is allowed to not be assisted. So let's bring it back. My labor force, right, it's getting stolen from me. How? How? How is it being stolen from me? Is someone showing up to my house with a gun every single day and saying, hey, you got to go work at this fucking job, right? No. But force exists, just like these stupid philosophers like to say. And I I should say that philosophy itself is not stupid, but these fucking European philosophers who want to talk about, and, and even folks like Noam Chomsky who want to talk about these things in such an abstract nature so as to break away from the practical and theoretical ability for these ideas to be brought into the real material world and acted upon. But force exists in many different ways, right? Force is not always a gun. Force can be a lack of house, a lack of housing, right? That can be quite a force. If I don't go to jo- my job and make enough money to uh, pay rent, I can be houseless. That's that's quite a force, right? That's quite that has quite the influence. What about hunger? Does hunger constitute a force? I'd say it does. I'd say knowing that if you don't work yourself to death in some oppressed nation like Indonesia or like India, right? If you don't work yourself to death in these countries, guess what? You're not going to be able to eat the bare little scraps that we throw to you at the end of the day. You don't even get that. That's quite the threat. That's, that's quite violent, might we say. Yeah. 
We want to talk about violence, talking about guns, talking about murder, talking about bombs, talking about genocide. What about hunger? What about 3.5 billion people across this world not making enough money to guarantee themselves a meal more than once a day, if even that? How violent is that, huh? And that's built into the system, so let's keep going. My labor force is stolen from me, not because some individual like Barack Obama or Nancy Pelosi or AOC or uh, who's that who's that um, oh Megan what the hell is her name god damn it I'm doing great on names today the one who pulled up in, in I think it was in the house pulled up that meme the Scooby Doo meme what the fuck is her name I don't know why I want to say Megan Trainer. I know that that's that singer, but this shows you how useless these fucking politicians are. You don't need to be paying attention to this shit other than to know when and where they're going to try to kill you. That's that's just about the extent by which you got to know these people, right? Because this is where I'm going with this. It's not these individuals that are coming to my house every day and saying, "Listen, you got to pay your landlord this money." So I'm going to need you to go to this job, right? And if you don't go to this job, right, we're not going to give you any health. We're not going to give you health care. If you don't work, fuck it. You are free in this country to work or to die. Welcome to the freedom in America. That's the freedom that we get is, oh, hey, in this country, you're free to go to work. But if you don't go to work, well, hey, guess what? You get to die. Welcome to it. Well, let's talk about it because again, it's not these individuals, it's not the Republicans who are saying that. It's not the Democrats who are saying that. It's not It's not these individuals who just for whatever reason are deciding on a day-to-day basis. You know what? Fuck these people. Fuck these people. I as an individual with no influence and no you know, pressure or no reason, no logical benefit, no interest staked in my decision. I'm just going to go ahead and bomb the shit out of West Asia. I'm just going to do that. No, there's forces, right? Remember, there's structures that exist. There's systems that exist. So what's this? What systems exist? What structures, right? What forces? Well, why am I going to work? Why do I got to pay money to have a house? Why do I got to pay money to eat at the end of the day? Huh? Well, that's because some jackass, some group of jackasses, some group of very rich, very intelligent, very powerful jackasses decided way before I ever had a... uh, Even... Well, I mean, I could say long before I was a thought, I was never a thought. Hashtag accident babies out here. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, ever since, you know, six, seven hundred years ago, far before any, any political party that exists today could make such a terrible decision to expropriate the wealth of the third world nations far before any of the po- political groups that exist today could decide 
to make abortions illegal or could decide to make health care unaffordable, long before they could make those decisions, there was a historical development called capitalism. Now, this historical development that we call capitalism was a continuation of an already existing society that we call class society. It was a continuation of this class society wherein there is a distinct group of those who own and those who work. There are distinct groups of those who have what they need as human beings to survive and those who don't. And this class society does not exist in a vacuum. It does not exist devout of conscious development. It exists because groups of people known as classes, known as a class, the ruling class, the oppressing class, the owning class, this class consciously is aware of its interests. And its interests, in fact, lie in the oppression and suppression of the working class. This historical development is a continuity and a rupture from the pre-existing social structure pre-existing social structure first and foremost was the slave societies, right? This was a, a slow but sure break from the early communal societies where eventually individuals, groups of individuals were capable of now owning land. This is a new thing. Now instead of land being a thing that we all benefit from, that we all can get the fruits of life from, that we all can maintain ourselves on, now this land can be privately owned. And it's this beautiful, glorious, and holy right that we still have our ruling classes defending today, and that right is what we call private property. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have any private property. I'm assuming you don't either. But I'm assuming there's a chance you might also not know what private property is. So let's real quick, because it's this quick. Private property is property that you own to make a profit off of. Personal property is property that you own for the benefit of yourself and yourself only. Your toothbrush is your personal property. Your 501c is your private property. Your nonprofit is your private property. And yes, I am trying to explicitly make the point that nonprofits, hey, <clears throat> they exist to make a profit, believe it or not. Um, so anyways, you have this development of private property. People start owning land. Boom. Now there's a distinct difference between those who have and those who have not. We have our continuity and our rupture. Society, right? We're still farming. We're still living together in these communities. We're still somewhat nomadic. We still develop food and technology and, and etc. the same way. But now some people own this shit 
and other people's have to ask or buy in in order to use that, in order to benefit from those technologies and those developments. From this point on, you have the slave societies, because now people own the land, but they can't work all the land. But since they can own the land, they can make money. And since they can make money, they can use that money, that capital, to employ the labor force of others. They can purchase, they can own for a time, and of course at this time it was a lifetime, they can own someone's physical body, but not someone's physical body alone, their labor force. Because we do not just see people own slaves and then that's that. They just own slaves. The slaves sit around and do nothing. They're just people that other people own. No. They own the slaves so that they can exploit their labor force. We have a development further that we know as chattel slavery in the United States that shows that quite plainly. From this point on, you have a continuity and rupture, which makes its way towards feudalism, a society where lords, kings and queens, governesses, princes, dukes, ministers, clerics, the church, etc., all owned vast tracts of land, and they were the dominant rulers of that land. Everyone else was their subject, right? And if you did not own the land, if you were not a member of the noble class, what were you? You were a plebeian. You were a peasant. And in many cases, you were a serf. Serfdom is where we get landlording today. The only difference is under serfdom, not only do you have to pay to live on the land, to live in the home that is, oh, so generously provided for you because no way any other person would be able to build a home and cultivate land if it wasn't for someone stealing all the wealth and all the, the uh, um, crops and, and the harvest that you produce from that land. God forbid anybody does that. But in fact, right, these serfs lived on the land owned by what we might know as land lords and the exploitation, the mode of production, right, was in early manufacturers, it was in serfdom, it was in small-scale agriculture and industry, it was in small-scale textile, but just like every other historical development with quantitative change comes vast and incredible leaps in qualitative changes soon as soon as you have the onset of small capitalist industry in decades in few centuries you have a global capitalist power which exploits and oppresses the entire world. So how are we being oppressed? How is this power staying in force? Well, at the end of the day, right, we live in a system where if you want to eat, if you want to have a place to lay your head that is safe from the weather, that is safe from the cold, from the heat, from the dangers of outside, right? If you want that, you have to pay for it because somebody owns it. But not just somebody, a very few amount of people own it. 
And those very few people, right, also happen to be our politicians. They also happen to be the cultivators and the owners of some of the largest military powers in the world. They also happen to be our legislators and our lawmakers. They also happen to be the people who are creating on a day-to-day basis the society and the environment which continues to oppress us. And just like every other empire that has ever existed, they rule through imperial conquest. They rule through not only the stealing of your labor, of your taxes, of your labor force, but they also go across the world and steal the resources, the labor force, the land, the technology, and everything that they can. The ideas, the very physical life force of these societies is stolen because of capitalism. And like we discussed earlier, that power accumulates wealth because it is able to occupy territories. It is able to massacre millions. It is able to enslave child labor. That wealth then turns into more power because you can buy a lot of guns with that wealth. So I wanted to come on here to talk about, right... I wanted to talk about what is liberation. So let's hit on that real quick. Liberation can only look like, and I mean can only look like, first and foremost, an elimination of the capitalist mode of production. Meaning, things are no longer produced for the sole profit of a few, and, and, uh, a few extremely powerful and wealthy people. Now, the means of production, the things that are needed to produce goods, are going to be owned and employed by the very people who need those things, right? Because wealthy elite people don't need to own millions of acres of land so that they can grow a bunch of corn to sell it for ethanol. They don't need that. Human beings need food. They need land to grow food. And they need to be able to own that food so that they can consume it. So we changed the capitalist mode of production to a socialist one. We socialize the means of production. We own them as an organized group of oppressed and working class people. And that mode of production is employed and controlled by what we call the dictatorship of the proletariat. So just like we were talking before, that has to presuppose something. And what that presupposes is the fact that right now there is a different dictatorship that needs to change. Right now there is a dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. Right now there is a dictatorship of the wealthy elite class. That much we can see plainly in a day-to-day basis, right? We have this dictatorship that needs to be overthrown. That needs to be 
in a lot of cases, wiped from the face of the earth by any means necessary. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, and I'm not saying you're going to do it, but I'm saying somebody's got to do it, and I'm saying somebody's got to do it soon. We wipe them off the face of the earth, we being the hypothetical group that ultimately will decide that this needs to be done and do it, of course, FBI agent, I'm being careful. But then, after overthrowing that power, you have a vacuum. Wars have happened all over the world and left a vacuum where some random, and we say random here to mean wasn't noticed before, wasn't seen as powerful before. We have this vacuum which now anyone who has the ability to can come in and take power, but we don't want that. We don't want another exploiter. We don't want another oppressor. We don't want somebody else to decide for our communities, for our people, the people of the world. We don't want the masses to be told by anyone other than the masses what to do, how to live their life, what laws to follow what things to produce, whether or not they're going to have health care. We only want these things decided for and by the people. So that means we have to build organs of power, which we might call political parties, right? And I don't mean political parties like the Democrats and the Republicans. I mean political parties like the Black Panther Party. I mean political parties like the Young Lords and the Brown Berets. I mean political parties which were willing to pick up the gun. I mean political parties that were willing to stand in front of police departments and break into them. I mean political parties that organized the interests and the will of the people into a force capable of not only overthrowing the government but then instating its own, becoming the administrators of its own power, becoming the those who, because it's, it's hard to understand because we only have bad examples for this and I don't want this to be misconstrued in a way that makes anyone think negatively of this because we have to understand this and we have to do this because if we don't do this, we overthrow the government. Either that government or another one or its friends come and murder all of us who took part in overthrowing that government, Right? So we have to overthrow that government, then build something which is able to protect itself, but not only protect itself militarily, but make sure people on welfare are getting fed, make sure people in hospitals have uh, doctors and technology to save their lives, making sure that children have education, making sure that housing is available, making sure also that they are able to defend themselves militarily, but also able to administer a government. Because you have 350-something million people in the United States. You can't just overthrow the government and go, okay, y'all go have a good one. No. We have a reality that needs to be dealt with. And we need to build a new reality. And we need to build a new reality consciously. Because if you don't think these ruling class motherfuckers are conscious of themselves, conscious of what they need to do, conscious of how they need to organize themselves, getting organized and then using their powers of organization to actually implement their ability to remain in power, 
If you don't think those motherfuckers are doing that, then you're not paying attention. So we need to be doing that and we need to be doing it better. Because guess what? 357 million people organized, militant, and ready to do something better than this world has ever seen. Ready to build an egalitarian society where every man, woman, child, uh, uh, individual... Uh, Every single human being that has life on this earth, no matter what race, no matter what gender, no matter what sexual orientation, no matter what education level, no matter what their wealth is, what their status is, whether they are uh, fully abled or differently abled, whether they are whatever, right? We have to build an egalitarian society that says you are a human being and because you're a human being, you need to eat you need shelter, you need clothing, you need to be in control of your life, and you need to have a government that is willing to provide all of these things and more for you. And you need to be able to make sure that that government does it. So you don't need to go vote. You need to be in that government building yourself. And if you aren't there, you need to have people who you want there. And if and when they don't do what you want, you have to have the power to get them the fuck out of there and put someone else in there that will do what the people need and will provide for the people's needs. That is what a political party is. That is a political party because guess what? Chairman Mao said it clearly. Political power comes from the barrel of a gun. You know who's pointing guns at you right now? The police officers. You know who's pointing guns at children in Yemen and in, uh, 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 oh Jesus Christ, in Mali, right? Who's pointing guns right now at children in Afghanistan and pointing missiles at children in Cuba, in Palestine, right? Who's doing that? The ruling class. So if they're doing that, what the fuck are we going to do? Really? Really? What are we going to do with nukes outside of the South China Sea? What are we going to do by arguing on Facebook whether or not China is socialist? Whether or not they participate in social imperialism, right? What are we going to do when Australia, the UK, and the US surround Russia and China from all fronts with nuclear weapons? What are we going to do when that happens? Because that is happening right now, folks. What are we going to do when 4 billion people across the world don't know where a meal is going to come from? What are we going to do when millions of people are fighting for their lives against a pandemic, against a virus which is continuously mutating, against the ruling class which is buying vaccines and allowing them to expire while millions of people are dying because hospital beds aren't available, because oxygen is low, because ventilators aren't there, because the doctors are quitting because they don't want to get a fucking vaccine? What are we going to do then, folks? Because guess what? The time is here and people are dying. And if we aren't doing anything about that, well. Well, if we're not doing anything about that, then what's the point, right? We might as well all just die, right? Well, guess what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck anyone who says that shit. Fuck anyone who sits down and says, oh, we just need a new plague. Oh, the earth is just cleaning itself. Oh, hey, you know right now that there are children being shot dead 
because of bullshit like that. You know what stops children getting shot dead in the street? People shooting the motherfuckers that are shooting the kids in the street. That's what changes it. Not legislation. You know what changes that? You know what puts laws into power that help the people? The people in power. That's what changes the world. Go out and organize, y'all. Go out and build political power. Go out and train yourself with weapons. Go out and feed homeless people. Go out and build shelter for houseless people, right? Look at the landless workers in Brazil building entire cities from the ground up to house people in. Building community kitchens to feed the people in those cities, right? Go out and organize. Get off your goddamn ass. Go talk to people in your community. Reach out to organizations that exist. Go show up to the demonstrations. Go petition and and demonstrate outside of the police department for community control of the police. I don't want police reform. I don't want any of that bullshit. I don't want them taking classes. You know what I want them? I want them without a gun on their waist, and I want a gun on mine. Because at the end of the day, these motherfuckers want to say, oh, we need gun control in America. Really? No. You know who needs gun control in America? The American military and the American police departments. That's who needs gun control in America. We here in the United States, unlike many places across the world, are guaranteed a right to be fucking strapped. So not for nothing, if you are listening to this podcast, if you are at the point and place where you would listen to someone like me yelling shit like this, right, get yourself ready. That's all I got to say. Because I can't say enough because these motherfuckers got guns pointed at everyone. They got guns pointed at you. They got guns pointed at me. And I'm not trying to be some crazy conspiracy theorist or some stupid fucking white asshole in his car sitting outside of his job smoking a fucking joint trying to play revolutionary. I am saying that people across the world are dying and the only thing that is going to change that is the people themselves getting organized and saying no more. And not just saying no more, but ensuring that it cannot happen anymore. (sighs) Folks, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, yo. Like, for real. Let's get it, let's get it going. Because the U.S., right, we're in the belly of the beast. We have a strategic, uh, 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 um... We have a strategic position which many others cannot say the same for themselves. The folks in the Philippines who are trying to fight uh, a fascist dictatorship right now can't say, right, that they have some of the most advanced technology, that they have some of the most uh, plentiful food, that they have some some of the most bountiful housing, right, as in the housing exists. They can't say that they have all the weaponry and technology that we have, right? But yet they're fighting for their revolution, right? The folks in Brazil right now can't say that they have all the privileges and all the benefits that we within the United States have. And they also can't say necessarily, although much more than maybe the Philippines, they can't say that they play the strategic role that we here in the United States can play. Because here's a really cool thing. The United States goes, right, a majority of the world's militarized uh, countries lose all of their funding. A majority of the world loses uh, the, tra- the main trade partner for nuclear proliferation. 
if the U.S. goes, it it will cease to be able to sanction and control the markets of a majority of the globe, and it will be itself no longer, right? So I think at this point, it's really cool, right, that folks like make podcasts and do YouTube channels. All that content needs to exist. And it's really great that we are able to have conversations, that we are able to go out and do demonstrations. It's really great that we are able to meet people online because of social media. It's really great that we have all this technology and we are able to use it to educate people. But at the end of the day, if that education exists in a vacuum, if this content exists in a vacuum, if there's no political power, if there is no conscious working class, if there is no revolutionary want for change, then this content and all of this is for nothing. So we can't let that be. I myself am trying my best to get as involved as I can. I think everyone else needs to be doing the same. However it is you think that that's a possibility, pursue it. Even if it's as small as maybe once a week, you go to the grocery store, right? And you get some money, you get as many groceries as you can, and you go to a local community fridge and fill it with food. Even if it's something as small in that, you need to go fucking do that. You need to go meet people. You need to go read theory. You need to go join organizations. You need to go to demonstrations. You need to unionize your workplace. You need to talk to your coworkers, talk to your family members, talk to your friends about socialism. You need to go learn yourself how to use a weapon. You need to go train yourself physically and mentally. You need to go learn how to develop you know, all of uh, uh, these different abilities. And you can't do that alone. That's why I say we need to get organized and we each need to be doing our part because the more that each of us do, the less that it falls on the few shoulders of those who are already out there organizing and doing incredible work. Imagine if the Black Panther Party had been met by the full um, confidence of the United States of America's Uh, oppressed people imagine so we got to build something like that we got to build something better we have to learn from the history of those who came before us and employ it today if you're still listening thank you very much i hope you are having a lovely day i hope you are staying safe i hope you are staying in contact with your loved ones i hope you are taking care of yourself I hope you are reaching out to those, if you are in need, who will be there for you. And I hope you have those that you can reach out to. If you don't, you can reach out to me. I will try my best to be, you know, there as often as I can. I have met so many incredible people on social media. I've met so many incredible people by able to being able to have them on my show as guests. And I think that this is one of the most important things that we do uh, as people is build um, solidarity um, and build relationships. So reach out to me, folks. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Love and solidarity to you all. Stay revolutionary, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Bye.